Welcome back to Kicking Ass with Tanner Stone with me, Tanner Kateri, Lucas, and today we have a special guest, Ashley Vertuno. She is the CEO of HCA JFK North Hospital, and she is really kicking ass in life. And we are so excited to talk with her and learn from her today. I hope you guys can learn something too. Let's get right into it. Type Bro, shit. you're nervous. Of course, we got a big, you don't, you don't realize like, like it doesn't hit you how big of a person she is and how much impact she has on the medical field compared to like, you know what I'm saying? Oh, again, there is that. Do you know what I'm saying? Nah, you say, you don't say that. You say, you know what um, I'm saying? In a sense. In a sense. That's what you say. I bet you're going to say that. You said it last podcast, one before. All right. Make sure I don't say it. If I say it, like. No, no, it's good. It's good. In a sense. Yeah, you say it. Um, is that my you, like? Is that you, my catchphrase? Are you mentoring anyone right now? In a sense, no, I'm not gonna say that. It sounds stupid. I think that's my new filler word for the word like. Yeah, I try not to say like. Yeah, so I'm gonna speak very slow, so I don't say it. If you say it, you say it, bro. And the no podcasts, they say like all the time too. Here she is. All right, let's get it done. Good morning. Hi. Hello. Good morning. How are you guys doing today? We're doing good. How are you? I'm great. Uh, thanks for kind of shuffling things around and working with me. It's been every time uh, it's in the afternoon, things aren't exactly working the way that they should. So, no, we get it. We get it. Yeah, you probably like a really busy schedule. I mean, you run a hospital. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, I again, I appreciate it. This is uh, this is nice to start the morning off this way as well. So cool. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. We appreciate it a lot. So you are the CEO of a huge hospital, and that's very impressive to us. How did you get to that position? And yes, I'm 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 Ashley Vertuno, the CEO for HCA Florida JFK North Hospital here in West Palm Beach. I think the journey really started uh, long before really actually being in healthcare, and and it's really around having a passion to help people passion to build teams and being exposed to healthcare at a really young age, uh, both from, you know, family members being in healthcare, whether it's from being a physician to registered nurse, nurse practitioner, or even having gone to multiple doctor's appointments as, uh, you know, people were getting surgeries or uh, needing splints, you know, very athletic family. And, you know, that comes with some injuries and some minor strains and, and pains that you have to see a doctor for. And so I think having that exposure um, early on in your adolescent years really starts the creative thought of what you want to be when you grow up. And so, you know, initially I actually wanted to be an orthopedic surgeon and kind of worked my way through schooling for that. And then when I was in college, I reflected back on times when I was team captain for my soccer team, uh, had the ability to be an assistant coach for two U14 boys and girls travel soccer teams and, and really thought, you know, I think I could have a broader impact with, uh, with being able to cultivate teams, uh, build teams that can follow a shared vision and really help people in more ways by doing that. And then that's when, you know, I really set my, my career trajectory on wanting to be a CEO, um, to have that impact on a much broader scale. And so worked through uh, my organization outside of graduate school. So I went to Virginia Commonwealth University for 
undergrad University of South Carolina for grad school. And that was in a master's of health administration. So more concentrated on the healthcare front. And then I actually work for HCA Healthcare, which is a for-profit healthcare corporation here in the US, but also in the UK. And the exposure that they've provided me in really understanding the depth in the healthcare industry uh, opened my eyes to, again, continuing on that journey to be uh, a hospital CEO. And it's been pretty rewarding in the sense of the number of people we've we've had an impact on in saving lives. So I can go more into depth, but that kind of gives you at least it in a nutshell. It does. And your journey leading up to becoming uh, the youngest uh, woman CEO for a hospital, did you have any mentors to guide you along the way or were you more like a solo journey? You can never do this alone. You know, actually, I'm reading Carla Harris, Expect to Win. So if you've, if you've never heard of it, it's a really good book. And one of the chapters talks about three types of people that can help uh, be supportive in your career journey. It's an advisor, mentor, and sponsor. So there's three different types of individuals that are out there to really um, have, a, have a lasting impact on, on your success. And, and I really can tell you, you can't do it alone. Uh, you have to have a team around you to support you. And so the advisors, in, you know, I created a board of advisors for myself and some are in healthcare, some are not. And those individuals are people that I can lean on and call and ask some specific questions that I may need an answer to, uh, to really help guide me in a direction that I need to go, both whether it's professionally in a, in a full professional stint, even from a business uh, perspective and, you know, how can I move something really quickly in my operations? And then mentors, yes, absolutely. Uh, I've, I have had significant influence from mentors that have actually turned into sponsors or have been uh, a sponsor that has been the person behind the closed door advocating for me and really knows my potential, knows my quality of work and can speak to what kind of output uh, I'm going to perform at the highest level. And so again, I don't, I don't think you can do any of this alone. Uh, my current hospital that I oversee, uh, I've had the opportunity to rebuild an entire team. Started here with two executives and now have a team of 10. And each individual that's in their role uh, has key skills and strengths that really add to the team. And that really helps uh, support my vision for the organization, but really collectively supports each other and where we're going as an organization and the direction we're going. So, you know, I think it, it'll be much harder if you go at it alone um, because it's nice. It, it's important to have that support. How many people were you up against to get the CEO job? You know, you never know. You never know. I mean, I think you get you hear some rumblings and, you know, a lot of it's hearsay. But uh, it, it's really about fit at the end of the day. And I think I've learned that uh, over the years. I remember when I was moving into the COO role, so chief operating officer role, and I wanted this position so bad, uh, not the position, but the physical hospital so bad, great location, um, great environment to really grow and to stretch my legs and, and really be exposed to more and more. And I ended up not getting, getting that position at that specific location. And the, and the reason when I reflect back was based off fit. 
that's, that's kind of how I took it. And, and so I kind of reflected to the point that when you're going into an interview process, you're interviewing the individuals that are uh, actually you're meeting with and vice versa, because they want to know, is it going to be a mutual benefit to the organization to have both people on the team working collectively together again for the same goals same mission and uh moving into this role you know i saw the opportunity i like the the plan in terms of looking at a facility that was a single service line and service line in healthcare is essentially one type of service that we offer to the community and really bridging the gap to create a community-based hospital where there are more services that we can offer to the community where the community will seek us for medical care. And that's where I, I think that no matter how many people up against for this role, it's having the right person that can deliver on that type of, of strategy is who they selected. So again, you know, I've been in this role a little bit over three years and it's been an awesome journey and a cultural transformation in changing really the present environment to where it is today and having that right person in the place. Uh, I'm happy that uh, I, I'm, I guess you'd say was chosen for it. Uh, what skills um, are needed or like were that you had separated you from the rest of the competition when you were going for the CEO uh, position? I think there's some key indicators that you have to have in general um, when you're looking for a new role, one of which is uh, focus on direction and being able to convey messages strategically and effectively. So articulating what that strategy and vision looks like and and having a, a, a team and, and really a support system to follow to live out those those key uh, initiatives. And then, uh, you know, I think if you look at, there's a book called Grit. Uh, It's actually written by Angela Duckworth and really rolling up your sleeves, getting with the frontline team and, um, and leading from the front. So having grit is pretty important when you're looking at these type of hospitals. This is considered a turnaround hospital. And so that's something that uh, not every day is going to be uh, awesome. And you gotta, you gotta make it awesome. And so really rolling up your sleeves is, is pretty, pretty important. And then, uh, you know, the one thing that I also add is you have to have fun. These are long days. And I know that that doesn't seem like a a typical characteristic, but we, we do have to have fun. And I think bringing the energy, bringing the joy and passion to what you do resonates with a lot of the team and with the caregivers that are taking care of patients. And that really brings out what they, you know, what they like and what they're passionate about. And you can then see it, feel it, and definitely hear it when you're in the halls of the hospital. Lucas and I know how busy you are right now. So how hard is it to balance your work life and your personal life? Oh man, you know, I don't call it a work-life balance. I call it work-life integration. So if you were to look at my calendar, it's kind of interwoven uh, with with each other. So personal, professional, all all interwoven, really based off color coding. And, you know, I think you have to understand what your your overall priorities are. So creating uh, what I would like to say is a personal operating guideline that 
can really provide your direction in what you do on a daily basis. Everyone has goals that they've set out to achieve, but if you can map it out, whether it's through your calendar or through what, like I said, a personal operating guideline, you know uh, what's going to fill your cup up. And some days maybe a little bit longer on the professional side, and then there might be a little bit more on the personal side. And it's really, that's why I call it an integration because it's a give and take. And ultimately, you know, you're there to, to serve and to uh, execute on the deliverables to which you will know very quickly. And, and I like I, I pick up on my own self uh, if, if I'm not delivering on uh, one side of the equation and, uh, you know, it can really off balance you. <clears throat> so going through your long journey to becoming CEO, you probably went through a lot of ups and downs. I just want to know what was one thing that just kept you going like no matter how many downs you went through just what what was like that motivational factor that kept you going i think the motivation really is around um is is really around the target and the vision i can tell you just the just the past night or two nights ago i was talking to our board and a positive comment was made and that's when not only myself recognized it but the team recognized it what we're doing is making a difference and i think when you get to hear it from outside perspective that uh how you are how your facility is presenting how your team is is presenting that fills that fills my cup that really shows that we're making an impact and it, it really allows you to uh, come the next day and say, okay, we got this. Let's roll up our sleeves and keep going. And then and the last piece with that would be support, you know, ensuring that you have a team that you're surrounded with, that you enjoy coming to work or you have a, you have a team of support outside of your, your professional journey that, supports you and knows how you operate and and really knows what you're doing um this team again as i shared was recently built i mean i think the longest standing executive um, outside of myself has been on the team going on almost two years it'll be two years in april and then from there is a trickle effect so one year maybe eight months and this team is family you spend so much time at work that you want to be around individuals that lift you up, that also uh, support you and can listen. And that's what we've been able to build here. And it's been inspiring. It's something that, you know, I can tell you, uh, I look forward to coming to the office the next day because I know the energy that they, that they bring and that fills my cup. So that's, you know, that's kind of how I see it. And then just to keep myself grounded. I mean, I work out pretty consistently. Um, I was just at the CrossFit gym this morning. been doing that actually. Uh, I was reflecting on that with my CrossFit coach. We've been together working out for five years now and that's a journey in itself. You know, I think one thing that keeps me going and many executives is the ability to continue to compete. So take myself outside of the four walls of the hospital. You know, I, I do CrossFit for a couple of reasons. One, it's just a great physical, 
you know, physical movement and health, but ultimately, you know, it allows me to continue to compete mentally, whether I'm competing with myself, you know, maybe adding a little bit more weight and I'm trying to, to achieve a different goal, or I'm, I'm competing with time or I'm competing with other people in the gym. And so, you know, it's kind of a, it's a mental stimulator that allows you to physically still keep that competitive mindset going, and then you can bring it to the office. So that's kind of, you know, overall, I think to answer your question in a nutshell. No, yeah, I've, uh, I've done CrossFit before. It's very competitive. It's just, there's been times where like you do the workout of the day, it's just you against you. Like you just gotta yeah. keep on pushing. Yeah. You know, I think that's the important part. The one thing that I would, I would share that I love is, and partly this is due to my own personal experience. I, uh, I had shoulder surgery back in 2020. So right before COVID January, 2020, and then I had the opportunity during COVID to really get my rehab going and, and ensure that I was back to tip top shape. One thing that that really taught me was to throw your ego out the door. Yeah. And you know, I've, I learned that in, in a way, because one, I didn't want to get injured again Two, you can push to a limit, uh, but recognize that you, you've got some boundaries and, and really keeping that in check. And I actually took that into the work workplace as well. So I think some things that you do outside of work in your personal life to really help, uh, help yourself achieve what you want to achieve can be translatable into the workplace. And so I, I think CrossFit is something that I've been able to use, um, in just in wellness, I'd say in general for how we continue to live, be healthy and, uh, motivate, motivate others. Yeah. My first ever session doing CrossFit, I got humbled because I yeah, used to go right? to the gym and I thought, Oh, lifting weights <laughs> don't correlate. No, I was gassed out so much cardio. It's, in it's insane how humbled I got. <laughs> well, and then think about it. You wanted to go back and do it again, right? Yeah. You're like, yeah. Oh, this is awesome. And you can still tell the story. And that's the part where I think it has a lasting impact is, is really around. It had a memory and an impact on you that now, yeah, you can relate. You can, you can feel it. And then in the CrossFit, there's also a community too. So you like build that community, which can correlate to the workforce for you, right? Yeah. Like how to build up a community and keep it running. Yeah. If you think about a hospital, in itself is like its own city. We have hospitality workers. We have our, our uh, food and nutrition. We have our environmental services, so that's housekeeping. And then we have our finance department. There's billing. There's uh, concierge in a sense where they are our registration team. They meet you on the front end coming into the facility. Then you have all of the team members in between. And so I think it's kind of... Uh, it's relatable in the sense that you're right. It is a community and living out the values of our, of our community are pretty important. And then, you, you know, you think about CrossFit, they, there's values attached to that too. Knowing that you do all this fitness stuff to stay healthy, are you on a diet or anything or do, and another question that's a little off topic, do you do the cold plunge? I because don't do the no. cold plunge. Um, I, I don't know. I, I think it's really cold. I've tried. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I've tried. I think that there's a huge benefit uh, talking with individuals about it. Uh, I am also in YPO and almost every single person has a cold plunge. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I relate it to about a boat, right? You don't need to buy a boat. All your friends have a boat. So just go do the cold plunge at someone else's house. You'll, you'll be good. 
And, uh, and so I, I don't do the cold plunge, not necessarily because I don't agree with it more. So just cause I don't have it at my, uh, you know, just accessible as others. Um, but when it comes to nutrition, I, I actually do follow a meal plan. I follow some macros, uh, in moderation, but I think that balance with physical fitness, nutrition and, um, and mental, you know, really that self-care is really important. And self-care is really for me around, um, massages, facials, having some discussions with, with small groups to ensure that, you know, you're, you're talking through things and you're making sure that you're, you're mentally able to, to stay, um, motivated and charged and be able to go throughout the day. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people who are in your position and have all this work to do, they forget about their health and their health is so important. Yeah, it really is. And I, this is how my team and I uh, talk, talk specifically, right? So we each created, I have a team of 10. We each created what I shared earlier is a personal operating guideline. And that is what are your breaking points, right? You have to have these in order to show up as your best self in the workplace. And no matter what happens, these are the, the indicators that you will, uh, will show up to work in your best self. You will have, um, a smile on your face. You the, the list goes on. Well, the first one is around for me is, uh, self care personally and for family. And so that's the number one that's on my personal operating guidelines because how I show up for my team is really important. And I want to show up as my best self. So my team knows that for me, I am in the gym at, well, leave my house by five in the morning, get into the gym. And I start the day off with, with setting the tone of fitness. And then I come in and, uh, and, and get things rolling. And what's really funny is there's some days, I think there was even one last week, my, my COO goes, have you worked out today? Did you work out this morning? And I said, no, I did not. And she goes, yeah, I can tell you, you need to make sure you keep, you keep on that regimen. And, you know, I think that's important. One, when a team can call you out Two, that there is a little bit of a difference and, you know, you showing up as your best self is really important. It's important for you, uh, for like, even for, I mean, for me, I, I think it's really important. It makes my day just ebb and flow. And so no matter what happens, it, it's going to be okay. Right. And, uh, and so that's, that's kind of how I, I see things. Um, you did a lot of interviews to, for the hospital that you, so your hospital is new, correct? It's like, it's not new. Actually, it was built in 1974. It has had seven names though. And so, you know, thinking about that, there, there's been a lot of community perception that each name has had its own reputation and we are in our seventh name. So HCA, Florida, JFK North hospital. And if, if you were to go back to March of 2022, across the entire state, we went through a brand, uh, just a branding of the entire state. So we went from, uh, we were, uh, we were actually JFK medical center, North campus is what our previous name was. 
that's a it's a mouthful right well yeah. now through march of 2022 the entire state of florida which we have 49 hospitals over 350 care sites uh multiple physicians and and over 75,000 colleagues are all under the same brand and that's hca florida it's created brand unity it's created brand recognition and it has allowed us to uh, what may th- may seem like yes, new hospital, uh, but it, it's allowed us to repurpose who we are and where we're going as an organization, and truly live out our mission, vision, and then also our patient promise through HCA Florida JFK North Hospital. What's some advice you could give to someone who's applying to work at a hospital? Like what made you choose the people that are in your um, community that made them stand out? You you know, when you want to be part of our team, it's really around fit uh, and really connecting to purpose. So we ask all of our employees, what is their why and why healthcare? And then why JFK North? As, as I shared early on today, we are changing the, the culture and the trajectory here and going from one single service line to multiple service lines to really meet the needs of our community, be that community hospital that patients in our community will seek access to care to. And we want to ensure that there, there is talent that uh, sees that vision and that has the passion to take care of patients. And, you know, one thing about healthcare, you may not be a direct caregiver, right? So you may not be a nurse and you may not be a, um, what we call patient care tech. So those would be our, our employees that are assisting our nursing teams and really taking care of patients at the bedside. You, you may not fall into those two job descriptions, but every person that comes into our facility has a person promise. And that's every action, every person, every time. And what that means is every interaction that you have with someone that enters our building, that exits our building, that walks into a patient rooms, that walks in the hallways, has a conversation with either a colleague, a family member of a patient or a patient has a lasting impact on that patient's experience and overall affects the quality of care that that patient receives. And so when when we talk about individuals joining our team, we look for that. We look for that individual that is going to be part part of our vision in meeting those expectations of that patient and person promise. What are your busiest specialties at the hospital and why do you think that is? We've got uh, a couple of specialties right now. So um, one of our service lines is behavioral health and pretty proud of that. Uh, We're one of the only hospitals here in Palm Beach County that actually has behavioral health and one of the largest in our organization. And that's a um, busy service. You know, I think as you've been seeing, we have really been working on combating the stigma of mental health and uh, embracing it. And our team does a phenomenal job here of taking great care of, of, of patients with mental health. Uh, so, so that's one. And then on our acute care side would be orthopedics, uh, strong, strong performance with orthopedic surgery. And then we have expanded our spine program and brought in a couple new spine surgeons recently. And um, they're really, I'd say both similarly, orthopedics and spine are moving in the same 
same trajectory and journey and continuing to expand services there. And then we have a, a really strong vascular service as well. And that's an area that we have continued to focus on, expand upon. And you can see it when, uh, when you see from our, our capital infrastructure expansions, we are building our second interventional lab, and that'll be live later this year. And then just the continuation of the expansion with our overall services in that area. And then there's multiple more, you know, gastroenterology, which is, uh, which is really procedural based, but having just the top physicians in that space is really important. And, um, and so we've been growing in that area as well, and we're going to continue to grow. You know, we've got, we've got big plans and we have a great team to, to help uh, meet the needs and in phenomenal physicians. I think one of the, the areas that we haven't discussed is that we can't do what we do as a hospital without, without our, our physician partners. And so that really is, um, I think part of the building block here is having the right physicians to be able to uh, live out the vision and, and to take care of the community here in West Palm Beach. How was that feeling of getting CEO? It's very humbling. Um, it is. It's, uh, you know, you have a lot of, of people that you work for. You know, I work for over 750 employees. I work for them. And then you think of the number of patients that we take care of. And that's, that's why I say it's very humbling. You get to hear stories of some of our caretakers that have worked for the organization for years or have just started and have their own dreams and aspirations and that's pretty inspiring. And that's really awesome to be helping them grow professionally and personally to meet their career objectives and then ultimately saving lives. Each person that I work for is saving a patient life. And so that is where uh, it just has a lasting impact on you. I saw an interview where you said that you learned a lot from a CEO and you, that you worked for and that she was a big reason why you wanted to become a CEO. Would you say you learned a lot of your skills from your years in college or was it through working in the business world? I think, oh, good question. You know, I, I think um, Dr. Tommy Frist Sr., who is the founder of HCA, says it very well. Bricks and mortars don't make hospitals. People do. And that is something that, you know, I learned coming into HCA. And then again, when you look at some self-reflection, uh, one of my very first bosses when I started with the company was a female CEO. And I remember interviewing with her and that interview was, was the starting point to the mentor sponsorship relationship. And that was because she asked me one question, one defining question. What do you want to be when you grow up? Well, you know, someone coming in college, it's not really a question that you think someone's really going to ask you. However, you know, I looked at her and I said, I'd like to be you. I, I would like to be in your role, learn from you. You know, that's a perfect moment to, to really have that, uh, that conversation and then the relationship built from there. So she, uh, she definitely had a lasting impact. And I think a lot of it is through trial by fire and observations. And so you can learn a lot during your schooling 
but the on the job training is the best book out there. And that is really getting in, getting exposed, rolling up your sleeves, failing. If you fail, fail fast, get up really quickly and, and start to look at what's the next solution and then learn from it. You know, there's key things that we've all had some failures and learn from it and just, you just put it back in your tool belt. Um, I always say that I say, you know, you've got a tool belt around you. You're going to learn and observe from some people that you really like how, how they, they're performing. And that's something you can put in your leadership tool belt and you stick it in. And then there's some, you're like, Ooh, I don't want to do that. So I say, just throw it away. But ultimately you'll pull that back out when you need it or, or have some form of, of similar situation and you'll know what not to do and also uh, how to tackle it moving forward. Do you have any regrets in your life? No, no, not at all. Uh, you know, there's times that I probably about five years ago, I thought about, oh, I was like, oh my gosh, why didn't I go to med school? I should have become an orthopedic surgeon. And I said, you know what? I have the best of both worlds. I get to work alongside physicians every day and live out their, their career aspirations and what their dreams are. And that's pretty inspiring. It's, it's really fulfilling and it's exciting. It's having an impact on the community. They're going through their training and it allows us to really be a partner. And that's the best part is that the relationship with a hospital, hospital CEO, the entire C-suite and the physicians is that we're partners and, uh, you know, we're, we're in it together for the patients and for the community. And so, no, I, I have, uh, I don't actually have any regrets and I'm, I'm excited for what's to come in the future as well. What are, uh, some of your dreams and aspirations? So there's, there's a couple. Uh, you know, I've gotten more heavily involved in some philanthropy work. Part of it has been has been with the American Heart Association. I've actually been a longstanding member with them since two, I think it was 2013. So we're going on, I'm going into my 11th year with them. And I think that uh, ways to give, give back with the American Heart Association, I was the past Go Red for Women chair, 20 two and 23. And that's pretty important being a, a female executive, but really being a female health advocate in terms of cardiovascular disease is the number one killer for women. And I think that, you know, really having the ability to, to share that it's largely preventable. You have the tools that you can control to really help um, reduce that number for women is pretty important. So I, I you know, I want to continue to be uh, involved with, with the American Heart Association and, and really have that advocacy for, for women's health. And then, um, you know, eventually uh, I, I want to go into being a, a system president for, for healthcare and where that goes and what happens from there, you know, we'll see, but I think it's important to continue to have goals, write them down. And that way you can at least start striving for something next. Um, you know, coming into this role, people would ask me six months to a year in, well, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? I, I didn't really actually have a good answer to that. And partly because uh, I was getting my feet wet, you know, I was really in here learning, learning the job and 
and understanding what this role truly means and, and, and what do you, what do you do to, to be successful in it? And it, it's really been eye opening and again, very humbling, uh, on the impact that this entire C-suite has, uh, for the community. And that's why, I, you know, I've really thought about it long and hard. And so ultimately we'll say, a, we'll say a system president. And what's the biggest achievement you've done since you've been in the CEO position, in your opinion? Well, you know, this year, 24, we actually, we actually started as a team putting in my office. And again, we're only 26 days into the month of 2024. We created an achievement board. And that way we can start to actually write down so we don't forget how awesome this team is and really what, what this facility and our colleagues are doing for patients. So we started to write that stuff down. I think ultimately it's, it's really around our people. It's around our colleagues, the most impactful and proud moment that I can tell you is, and, and we just received news earlier this week is that at this point now I've had three employees that have either been a finalist or are a official official enterprise winner for patient experience or mentoring or philanthropy work. So we have a pharmacy tech uh, that's in our, our, um, on our team that was a finalist and an award recipient for our regional uh, team members here in East Florida. And he was, he was recognized for his philanthropic work that he does with the Filipino Association here in Palm Beach County. Then we have a finalist in our emergency room and she's a registered nurse for mentoring and being uh, a mentor to new nurses that have come out of school and are part of our team. And, and what's powerful with that, there are 94,000 nurses in our organization. She is one of three that received that type of award. And then we have over 300,000 colleagues in our organization. And literally just this week, we were notified that uh, one of our patient access team members, so you could say essentially like a concierge, was recognized as the official uh, award recipient for the care experience that she provided. And that's right here. That's right here in Palm Beach County that our team our employees are making a lasting impact on someone's life. And so that is something, you, you know, I have not been exposed to in, in my um, previous roles. And so I'm very proud of, of all of their achievements. Just like you had a mentor when you were starting and you looked up to someone and when they asked you, you said you wanted to be them when you grew up. Do you have anybody that you're mentoring right now? I do. I've, I, um, I've got a, a couple individuals that I'm mentoring and it's funny because, you know, the same scenario that, that I, uh, I shared about what, what I did in the sense, you know, the question was asked during my interview, but I, you know, I, I spoke up. I remember a couple years ago, I was at a conference and the, uh, this, this woman walked up to me 
And she was introduced to me through a colleague of mine that, that works for our organization. And she said the same thing. I want to be you when I grew up. And I have to tell you, I was shocked and stunned at the same time. I was like, wait, did I hear that right? But also I was caught off guard and not, um, not because of the question, but because of, um, I guess how I've been able to have an impact on her and not even know it. And that was really inspiring. And so I think one of the pieces of advice that I would give to anyone in healthcare, but ultimately is to pay it forward. And that is something that I, I believe in. Uh, someone took the ownership and the um, had the glimpse into my potential and took risks on me. And so having the ability to pay that forward, and again, she is doing phenomenal. She graduated from the University of Minnesota with her master's, and now she was at, uh, she was in Arizona, and, you know, she's just kind of zipping all over the place in her career now and just doing phenomenal things. And so, you know, we may not be in the same state, same company, but we are definitely uh, engaged and, and watching from afar. And, and, and that's pretty powerful. Um, and it's exciting. It's exciting. That's just one example. There's, yeah. there's more, but that's, that's definitely um, a highlight. What will you suggest for people to stay healthy? Like you work out, you do your whole thing, and then you have work. For other CEOs, what would you suggest that they do to stay healthy, being as busy as they are? One thing, actually, and, and you know, most companies use Microsoft, and someone had to teach me this. Like, I, I didn't even know about it, and this was really cool. There's a there's a program in Microsoft now for Microsoft Outlook that has it's called uh, well, I call it Focus Time, but essentially, there's there's an ability to dedicate time in your calendar. So you can cre have creative thought. You can have um, time where there's no meetings, where you can physically step away from your desk. So that way you can mentally recharge. And I think that's sometimes the first step because most of the time we're on the go, 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 go. And we have to have the ability to recognize we need to stop and we need to, uh, we need to take a break. And, and that's one of the cool features now, as long as you kind of adhere to it is that you can put that and build it into your calendar and that will, that will help. That's, I'd say that's number one. And then the other is really just control the controllables. So, you know, if you can control going to the gym and it motivates you, just think about all the endorphins that it, it pumps through you. And I have, I've really done some research, just, just walking really. That's why the steps, you know, we've got, we've got all the pedometers and, and Fitbits, and I actually have an aura ring. And, uh, you know, just knowing that walking really does have an impact. So instead of taking the elevator, take the stairs, um, little things like that. And then what creates a habit is you do it for five weeks and you do it consistently for five weeks. Then you, then you're like, Oh, I enjoy that. And you keep going and doing it more. And then you just add more things onto it. So that's kind of small steps to make a, a lasting change, but those would be ones that I would recommend on the onset. I noticed that nowadays mental health is so important 
and people are slipping up on their workout. For me, when I notice that my mental health slips up, I try to make a goal and commit to that goal for at least a month. What do you do when you notice that your mental health is slipping? Well, first of all, I think it's about recognizing it, right? Or at least listening to people that think that, hey, you're not at the top of your game. You got to go, you got to go reset. But for me, it really is. um, It's the nutrition. It's the working out. And it's, it's dedicating time to do it and blocking it out on my calendar. So that's really, really where I found that self-care because it's pretty important. And I would just say that um, even getting exposed to the out, just the outdoors, you know, one thing, unfortunately, my office has no windows and I think my entire C-suite has no windows. So, you know, getting exposed to sun, sun is important. I was just meeting with a physician yesterday and, and he called it the little things that have an impact on a patient. And I loved it because he said, open the blinds, let the sun shine in, you know, and that is so important. And we, you know, we live in Palm beach and we have the ability to get sun pretty much every day that not every single person in the country gets exposed to that. And and we should embrace it. The sun does wonders on our mental health and just, you know, having a little bit of sunshine throughout the day, it, it's really important and it, it does add a smile to everyone's face. Seriously. I agree. My dad, every morning, he's been waking up, no shirt, going out in the sun. <laughs> yeah. It's true. It's true. There's a, there's some research studies on this and uh, I, I, I don't have them by hand, but people were explaining to me from a mental health stature and confidence, confidence building is even though it may, you know, dermatologists may, may say otherwise, but having uh, the ability to be spray tanned or self, you know, just self tanner and looking, looking tan um, can build confidence in people too. And so, you know, sunshine, uh, feeling, feeling physically fit, or it, it really helps with just overall, as you said, mental health, confidence, all of that. And so I think the baby steps start with at least going outside, getting exposed to the sun. I totally agree. I, I'm, I try to get outside as much as I can, but in school, I'm just stuck sitting in a room. I've tried wearing the blue light glasses now. Do those school. work? I have no clue. <laughs> That's, you know, I, I used to have a pair here sitting at my desk and I go, I don't know if this is really working. Is this, is this something that I really need? It, <laughs> it makes everything yellow. Oh, yeah. okay. okay. But it dims the light a little bit. Okay. Yeah. For my glasses, I have the blue lights or yeah, is it blue light? Yeah, blue light. Yeah, I have the blue lights for my glasses. I love it. I love it. Well, you're in Chicago, right? No, that's no. the other one who couldn't make it today, Xander. Oh, okay. Yeah. He couldn't wake up. I guess the sun's not shining there. <laughs> no, he had hockey practice this morning. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> but you got me and Lucas. I love it. No, yeah. you guys are great. You're great. Well, I guess, Lucas Tanner, what else can I answer for you? Or, you know, in general, I mean, I appreciate this. This has been awesome. I uh, want to be respectful of your guys' time. Yeah, no, we want to thank you for coming uh, on an interview with us or a podcast with us. You know, you have a very busy schedule. You're probably like, your schedule changes off probably like every day, every minute. 
just want to thank you for it's, taking time out of your busy schedule. It's funny you say that because my assistant, we used to print my calendar out at the end of the day. And now she's like, we're going to print it out the next morning just because <laughs> things may happen overnight. So it's, it's, uh, it's just kind of ebb and flowing in, in, uh, in a good way. Before we finish up, what's the biggest piece of advice you would give to the people who are watching who want to learn how to kick ass in life and for the people who look up to you? Piece of advice is uh, write your goals down. 100% write them down. Share them and, uh, and, and share them uh, in, in a deliberate way and then just go after it. Find the people that are going to support you to achieve those goals. And, you know, whether you believe in manifestation or not, it's one of those where you write the goals down, you throw it away, or you, you put it someplace and you don't look at it. Just keep going, keep doing it, roll up your sleeves. And, uh, you know, the world is your oyster for sure. Thank you so much for coming on this podcast. We learned a lot. I learned a lot. And I yeah, you're welcome. Too. This was awesome. This is a great way to start the day too. I love yeah. this. <laughs> Okay, guys. Well, appreciate you. And uh, thank you again. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. Have a good rest of your day.